This podcast is part of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed may not represent other podcasts or affiliates of Gunna Geek. Check out more podcasts at GunnaGeek.com and get ready because geekiness starts in 3, 2, 1. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Well, not so long ago. In fact, it's now. And this is filmed live in front of a YouTube audience. And even though we wish we were Jedis, we're actually just a bunch of nerds with some webcams and microphones. Every week, you get to witness the shenanigans of Chris. ATGN, bringing people together on the internet since 2012. Naki. So you're saying the balls are stuck to the roof of your mouth? There are balls stuck to the roof of my mouth right now. <laughs> and the Atahai. And this does include such a wonderful line as, I can't wait to pound that dick. As they are joined each week with a guest host. Raging erection. <laughs> Yeah, MMOs are like a lifestyle. I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> Whether you're going up against the uh, the armies of the English cavalry or you're playing a board game with your girlfriend, a raging erection will definitely throw someone off their game. Making the supergroup known as all things good and nerdy. Welcome to our madness. Welcome everyone to episode 64 of All Things Good and Nerdy, recorded live July 7th, 2013. We don't have a witty title name, we'll come up with something later. But I'm Chris, joining me today, my regular co-host, we've got Naki. Hi. We've got the Adahe. Hoo-de-hoo. And we've got our special guest host this week, we've got Anthony from the Comic Issues Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, sir. What's up, kids? Nothing great, really. Just having fun on the internet on a Sunday morning. Or Sunday night, Ooh. in Adhay's case, because this is night to him. Seriously, we need a better, better recording time. <laughs> We've been at this recording this time since uh, we started. Pacific Coast. Yeah, I wasn't on night shift then, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, to start things off, Anthony, you're a new guest host for us, so do you want to take some time to introduce yourself, talk a little bit about your podcast, and give our listeners slash viewers... A chance to find out more about it. Shameless self-promotion, basically. I'm all for shameless self-promotion. Uh, I'm Anthony. I am the host of Comic Issues, a two-year-plus running podcast with me and my friends, Andrew and Elizabeth, who uh, we just talk about all things geeky, from movies to comic books to video games to whatnot. Uh, very much uh, like this podcast. If anyone likes this podcast, they're sure to also enjoy ours. It's a lot of free-form, goofing, ranting, making fun of Andrew. And uh, all kinds of things. We are all from the comic dash issues dot com website, where we also do reviews on the DC animated movies. Uh, we'll do interviews at the conventions. We love the cosplay. We always put up galleries from all the conventions that we go to, uh, and just generally try to uh, build a geek community uh, in which to overthrow the earth. Sounds fun. For those that are watching live, here's just a sample of the site and the things they've got going on. You guys have us beat by a lot with 125 episodes. It makes us feel tiny and small. Oh, but you guys are kicking some ass. You've always had that issue, though, haven't you, Chris? And there we go. I set myself up for a small penis joke within five minutes of the show being on. That's not good. (laughs) Excuse me. Stop dying. If Chris dies, that means I gotta do all this shit. I don't want to. But if we have a person die live, that might help our ratings. That's mm-hmm. true. We have that ratings? Could give us, I don't that could know, give I us imagine. a YouTube boost. YouTube, YouTube loves it when people die. That. That's true. 
But then we well, won't have a show anymore because Lord knows I won't do anything and Adahay doesn't do anything, so... If you guys are done trying to kill me off... <laughs> oh, fine. How about we roll into our news of the week? News team! Assemble! Live from the ATGN studios on uh, the internet, it's the news of the week. Any takers you'd like to go first? I know Adahay's got one. Well, since you, like, threw it at me and making me do it... Pretty Jesus. much. That was me subtly telling you to go. It's like poke, poke, slap, your <laughs> kick. Anywho, um, in a major hire, uh, Zynga confirmed Xbox head Don Matrick, or Matrick, how the fuck you say his name, as their new CEO taking over from Mark Pinnacus. Um... People know Don Matrick, of course, from uh, Microsoft Interactive Entertainment. Basically, the dude who tried to... I don't know if he did, really tried to, but he was the dude who had to give all the bad news about the X-Bone and became ridiculously hated. Uh, prior to that, he was the CEO of EA. You kind of see where I'm going here. This dude not really very popular, and now he's going to Zynga. He had one of the most boneheaded statements ever when they were concerned about the DRM. He goes, well, if you have a co- if you can't always be online, just go get an Xbox 360. we got a console for you still. And the internet collectively went, oh, you're a fucking idiot. Uh, yeah. Oh, you're a fucking dick. <laughs> well, I mean, when he was the uh, CEO of EA, he did... Com- he did uh, thrust them into being one of the most hated companies in America. Um, Two years in a row they've won that one. <laughs> I was going to say I think he did the I think he did that and then they just maintained it. Yeah, cuz he's left so he got fired I think or left, I'm not sure. Um it's a bit, But their uh their thoughts here and this is a, a quote from Pinnacus it says Don is unique in the gaming business. He deeply understands the value of a network and the importance of creating lifelong consumer relationships. That's why they hired him. <laughs> there's a lot of uh, yeah. There's a lot of inside baseball arguments on this that this is happening because Ballmer's about to reorg the structure of Microsoft, and he saw the writing on the wall that he was about to get shit canned or not be in a position of power. But here's the thing that should really scare you: is you you know who's in charge of the Xbox division right now while they find a new lead, right? Steve really Ballmer personally is heading up the Xbox division until they find a new lead. I mean, I don't think it really matters much because this—they're all shit. Um, but why would you go to Zynga that has been losing money ever since they went public two years who ago? Who else is going to hire this guy after he was the face of ruining two different companies? There was a rumor EA wanted him back, but not as a CEO. So that'd been like a lateral move at best. Now, why would they take back somebody after what they what after what he did? He was widely popular at EA when that was all going on. It's just, I, I, well, the important thing we need to take from this is is the the ongoing jokes that uh, now you're gonna have to log into Farmville once every twenty four hours, or all your animals are gonna die. Bastards. So don't they die anyways? I don't remember. Not animals. Your crops. Oh no, their crops die. Yeah. That but, would require me to have played Farmville, guys, and I never did. I, I was... High five. <laughs> Internet high five. <laughs> I, I played Farmville back when it first came out. That was like a long fucking time ago, too. Jesus. Shame on you. What? I'm a horrible person. I, yeah. I did it, too, Adahay. It's okay. I don't feel much better, but, you know. 
If you guys felt shame, now would be the time to do it. I never actually felt... I never actually spent money on this shit, at least. Oh, I know people who spent, like, almost... Hun- like, hundreds of dollars on Farmville. I'm like, it's fucking Farmville. It's a Facebook game. I knew people that built their schedules around Farmville. They'd set an alarm for 2.30 in the morning so they could get up and do their crops <laughs> and then go back to sleep and go to work. <laughs> or the worst one I heard was this lady would make her husband get up at 2.30 in the morning to take care of her crops. <laughs> and I was like... I was like, dude, you're that P-whipped, you're going to get up at 2.30 in the morning? That is that's awful. That's a whole new level of whipped right there. I know. I had a good lull about it, but seriously. Pussy whipped again. I love it. mess I got myself in. You ever heard that song before? It's actually a real not. song. It's David Allen Coe. Well, there's, there's your reason right there. He has that hilarious song called Dear Penis that we sang in college at him. No, that is Rodney Carrington. Oh, my bad. Know your facts before you speak, sir. I feel like I've been put in my place. It's a good thing that Ed Day has all these songs memorized for you. I have a ridiculous memory of really bad songs. Or just songs that got stuck in our head because how many different Afro Man songs were we singing freshman year of college? Yeah, I was back Because I got high. When you had four white dudes sitting in a in a dorm room, four white engineering students <laughs> sitting in a dorm room singing Colt 45. There was something wrong with us. Well, three, and then one that pretend like they knew the words. Oh, Ferg? No, that would be Pat. <laughs> so it was that Ferg. Yeah. Oh, Ferg. Oh, well, since Adahay was talking Xbox, I'll go next with my news of the week because it's sort of related, and this is actually kind of cool, especially for people who like to stream a lot of their TV stuff, is that Xbox has announced a landmark deal with Time Warner Cable. Basically, there's going to be a Time Warner app on the Xbox, and if you're a Time Warner subscriber, you can watch all Time Warner channels live on your Xbox, so you don't have to have a cable box to watch TV anymore. This includes even like the premium channels like HBO, Showtime, things like that. I think it's pretty interesting. They, they say in the article, specific networks are going to be on there. AMC, BBC World News, Bravo, Cartoon Network, CNN, Comedy Central, Food Network, HGTV, and more. The cool thing is you'll be able to control everything using the Kinect, the controller, any kind of interface you want. But it's all live and streaming. So you yeah, save you 10 bucks a month. DVR. That's true. But there's a you lot of people get... that don't have more than one DVR in the house. But So if you're going to put this in like, your kid's room, they could just run their Xbox and watch whatever they wanted. Zing. It's kind of interesting, and it's definitely a step towards we've seen them wanting to do this with the Xbox One by making it the center of your of your media center, which the one matter. box. Yeah, the one box. <laughs> so they're they're starting to do it already, and I would assume with the Xbox One they'll have a Time Warner cable app out for that. See, I just the the thought that I have with that is that I don't watch TV live ever. ever. Right, I'm very similar to that, but there's a lot of people that. All they do is watch live TV. And for instance, it's I know... It's not in my household. <laughs> and I know also on the Xbox, like, if you're a Comcast subscriber, you can access all of their on-demand on the Xbox. Yeah. So it's like having a time-delayed DVR there, for lack of a better term, on some things, because 90% of what they air goes on there. Right. I just... I, I, I understand why people don't want to pay for cable, because it's expensive and whatnot. It's just... Uh, it's one of those things where it's like I don't want my gaming system to be more than a gaming system sometimes. Like I would just like it to play games. 
Well, it still does that. They're just adding fake. They're adding capabilities that you don't necessarily have to use. Oh, I know. I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's like they they advertise so much of everything not games, though. It's because that's the market them. they're trying to hit. Is the app um, going to cost anything, or is it free? The app will be free to Time Warner subscribers. That's the catch. I think what would be really cool is if they would start setting this up for cable cutters, and they'd be like, hey, for 10 bucks a month, you can have access to the Time Warner cable app and be able to watch I'm, all of these things. I'm just wondering uh, why it might be better than just getting Hulu Plus. I don't use Hulu Plus. Every time I use Hulu Plus, it goes... It The, site, the, the shows that I'm interested in directs me to other websites... Or I still get so many commercials that I'm like, I might as well fucking watch it on TV. Hulu Plus is in a dangerous place right now as they're trying to sell, because right now it's owned by News Corp, ABC, and one other group. I can't remember. So they get these great deals to get content on there. But once they sell it, those sweetheart deals to get that content are going to go away. It's going to cost them a lot more to get stuff. So it's going to be rough for Hulu once they sell. ABC? Yeah, ABC Disney owns part of Hulu. I think Disney's already jumping that ship to them because they're giving their shit to Netflix. Mm-hmm. They are in that case, but some of their stuff like that they air currently on TV, like the way Hulu's built around is generally you can watch whatever you saw on TV like a day or two later, things like that. The Netflix doesn't quite do that anymore, so I think more of what they're doing there is their, their most recently aired stuff to use it as a, a DVR almost. But it's going to be interesting because once they sell it, they're not going to have this incentive to do these nice cheap deals since they don't own the company anymore. I don't use uh, Hulu either. I do use Netflix. and I'm Netflix addicted. get out of it. Uh, anything from TV, I generally um, get through the internet uh, through suspicious, suspicious means. <laughs> uh, but, I think uh, we refer to that as sampling. Ah, That's I what like our that. Canadian friends referred to it as. <laughs> ah, nice. Let's see, looking in the chat room, we've got a couple comments from Steven. He goes, years ago, like a couple, the Telos company up in Canada was here giving a 360 on a three-year contract, and it was because it would act as a TV tuner. The TV coming to Xbox has been coming for a long time. Steven's right, because they've been doing a pilot project with Time Warner Cable for like three years down here at Xbox, and I think they finally just got things ironed out the way they wanted it to work, rather. I think it would be great if they added a DVR function into it, which they feasibly could, because there's hard drives and all these. I actually had this uh, discussion about this with a person at work, and um, as I made the statement that I feel, I think that Xbox is trying to go to a media device because, as a whole, console gaming consoles for gaming purposes, their sales have actually went down for the most part, um, and they're looking to secure a, a larger marketplace for themselves. That way, it's uh, a bit easier for them to compete and a bit easier for them to not go bankrupt essentially. Well, and this is something Microsoft's been trying for since, like, year two of the Xbox, and they started bringing in all these apps and building things in. And that was kind of an add-on that they realized after the console's out, oh, we could do all this cool stuff. And now you've got the next-generation console. They can build all of that into it as they're doing it. I think you're 100% right, because they can spread their market share by being an entertainment device plus a gaming device. It's not a terrible idea. You know, add a little TV to... uh to all your video games, two great tastes taste great together. But, I mean, the the whole folly of the Xbox One is they use that to try and cover up the shit that they're uh, trying to pull off with the, with the launch. Yeah, we saw that, and they had to backtrack on that just recently, yeah. thankfully. Yeah. That was Actually, fun to watch. 
There's actually a great video out there done by uh, Jim Quisition of The Escapist, and he explains why the consoles can't get away with uh, the DRM and whatnot that uh, PC has. And the, the dude, just fact after fact, and it's a great watch. I definitely recommend people go checking that out. Well, I still stand by my opinion that eventually we are going to go to a DRM model, a digital distribution model for console gaming. Oh, definitely. And that Microsoft was just ahead of their time and did not implement it in a way that fans found palatable. Well, that and the big thing that the fans are looking for is it needs to be an open market. On PC, I can go to Steam. I can go to Green Man Gaming. I can go to GOG. Right. If I was really stupid, I could go to Origins. Um, but um, oh, for the most origins. But with the Xbox, they were. It's a very closed marketplace. It's like it's like a fucking Mac. If you want to buy anything for a Mac, you have to go through iTunes or iOS, for instance. It, it takes you in the whole different shit between like the iOS marketplace and the multiple Android marketplaces. Exactly. It's. I, I'd much rather have a free market than a, a tightly controlled market with little to no competition. I don't disagree with you. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this all develops, and I, I just thought it was really cool to see you can get live cable on a console now, which has always been a cord cutter's dream. It's just it doesn't quite fit with what they want because they have to still have cable subscription to do it. Yeah. And the other trick with the Xbox, you have to be a gold member to be able to access these apps, which is a concept I don't agree with, but neither here nor there. It's always been an issue with me. I've never, uh, I've never gotten an Xbox Live account because I'm not the biggest of video gamers, um, especially when it comes to live play. Uh, I'll, it's my favorite system for games, but honestly, I don't want to pay, you know, 10 to 15 bucks every month just to talk to somebody, especially when you've got PlayStation, which just gives right. it out for free. Well, the trick is that they kind of slid that into E3, the next-gen PlayStation, PS4, you're going to have to pay for PSN to play games online now. Boo. Yeah. I'm, the thing with... Excuse me. The thing with... um. Oh, brain fart. Xbox Live, rather, is that if you time it right or you just buy at the right time, you can buy a year-long membership whenever they go on sale for like 30 bucks or 35 bucks. So I tend to buy them once a year on Amazon that way. Mm. So it, it still sucks you're paying that, but you're paying a lot less, I guess. <laughs> well, it sucks because you're paying for essentially your internet access and then your internet and then your subscription to Time Warner, Hulu Plus, you know, Netflix... Right, and that's been one of the issues I've had with that is the fact that I shouldn't have to pay twice to access something I've already gotten. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe that's something they'll change at some point because I know Sony doesn't do it that way, for instance. Like, if you've got Netflix, you can watch Netflix on your PlayStation. Yeah, there should at least be a free level of Internet access that Agreed. gives you, you know, your, your TV uh, options because you're still paying for that anyway. I agree. Uh, well, we've we've spent a good long while on this one. Let's move on to our next news item. Naki, did you have something for us? Um, I do, but I don't at the same time because I didn't really do my research well because I'm tired. Shut up. Um, Nathan Fillion went, uh, was on an interview talking about the prospects of a Serenity sequel. And apparently it's a video that I haven't watched. So... <laughs> <laughs> Um, basically, the reason I chose this is because we I had a discussion with some of the uh, comic goers that come into my shop, and we were talking about you know Serenity and Firefly and if there would ever be a sequel. And my thought is is that at this point, 
No, I don't actually want it. Like, I do, because I really like the story and everything, but at the same time, I don't, because it's perfect as it is. And if you go any further in it, you could you have that chance of fucking over what I like, you know, or what, what it is. And that's, you know, that's my thoughts on that, but I really wish I had watched this video before. Well, there's all sorts of rumors of it coming back all the time. Like, the success of bringing some shows to Amazon, Netflix. People have been going, oh my god, Joss Whedon could bring it back as a web series or a Netflix series, something like that. And I don't see that happening. And um, They've been continuing as the comic series, at least. I haven't been yes, up to date on it, of course. but They actually haven't had one release for it for a while. But it's... From what I've heard, it's a really good continuation of the story, like how Buffy has had season nine, and then from there it's spun off into a Spike solo and a uh, Angel, Angel and Faith. Faith. And uh, they're supposed to be really good. I haven't actually read any of them, but um, yeah, I read it, season nine of Buffy. I haven't read season ten. Well, it's still considered no. season nine what they're in right now. They've just had season eight. I'm sorry, it was season eight and season nine they've done. I've read season eight, but not season nine. I misspoke. Gotcha. Um, I was gonna say season nine is in right now. Um, and, and I mean to do it in comic form is a way to do it, just because you don't have to worry about your actors aging. You don't have to worry about anything like that. You have to worry. You have to pay for them for their likeness. But I mean. You don't have to worry about them getting hurt, and you can do all sorts of outrageous things. You say on having... special effects budget. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, and you can, can still go with that story. Series too. Sorry, mm -hmm. I missed that. What was that? I can go for an animated series too. That would be awesome. They could. They could. They could very well go with that. It's just. It's one of those things that I love the way that everything was put together and yeah it sucks that it got cancelled after one season and only had one movie but I love everything about that one season and that one movie do you really want to try and push it any further you know I mean I think the the thing here is that it's been cancelled for over 10 years the odds of it coming back now are very very minimal it's a pipe dream that we all have because we look back on it fondly I, all these actors have moved on to bigger better things some of them have aged more than others as much as I would love to see it back, a live-action show is not going to happen. Have yeah. you seen Adam Baldwin lately? Yeah. Have you seen Nathan He's... Fillion lately, too? I mean, Adam Baldwin is... I didn't realize how much of a right-wing he was until I started following him on Twitter. <laughs> I was like, and I can't follow you anymore. It's okay. We were watching Independence Day last night, and I'd forgotten that Adam Baldwin was in it, and holy no crap, shit. he was so young-looking in there. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> Oh, he's one of the military guys? Yeah, he's one of the military guys. Oh, shit on me. Yeah, I didn't realize it. My girlfriend was like, yeah, that's Adam Baldwin. I was like, holy crap, it is. <laughs> it's Jane. And I wanted to start singing The Hero of Canton. It's, I mean, it's a great show. I'm, I'm, I've been a big fan of it for a long time. But it is incredibly unrealistic to think that you could pull it all together and capture that magic again. Uh, right. And every time anything happens, Joss Whedon is always immediate to settle the, the, the raving fans when um, Veronica Mars made their Kickstarter, the next day he's like, I'm not doing it. Relax. Or when Netflix came, or when Netflix brought back Arrested Development for season yeah. four. As much as I enjoyed it, it was not quite the same. And I think that might be part of the problem you run into if you tried to bring it back, is it's not going to feel the same to the fans who've been waiting for so long for it. They've built up such high expectations in their minds, nothing would live up to it. 
See, I didn't even wait that long for it because I didn't finish watching the first three seasons of Arrested Development till like a week before season four came out, and I I haven't even gotten through season four. Like season I'm just kind of like, eh. it's a different beast. They tried it's to do something new awesome. because they couldn't have everyone on set all the time. I don't it think rough. it worked out honestly. I uh, I watched it uh, right when it went up. Uh, yeah. I liked it, but not as much as the other stuff they'd done. Maybe it's just because I wanted more Arrested Development. I don't know. That's it didn't feel like Arrested Development anymore. Flow. Yeah, it's it. It won't feel the same. Look at uh, the pictures of the cast ten years ago, and look at them now. There's no way that show is going to be the same. Right. Just by fact of that, everyone's aged ten years. The 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 way they act their characters, everything would have to be different. You're going to have a completely different show. It's just right. still going to be on the same ship, assumably. And they'd run into the same problem that Arrested Development ran into, is that all these actors have other careers now, so being able to bring them in to film large sets was really hard. That's why Arrested Development's so split up into serialized, here's one character's episode, here's another character's episode, and they only cross over a few times, because those guys were so busy they couldn't bring them in. And, and I feel like... Uh, sorry. Julian's on Castle. You're not getting him off of that. That's a money cow. <laughs> and there's enough Firefly shout-outs in there anyways. We can all live. It's true. There's a Castle comic, too. I mean, yeah, they Marvel's got to pay him got for that. his likeness for that. <laughs> a couple comments we've been missing in the chat room. Sorry, guys. Uh, Mike has said all the Buffy spinoffs are great, as are season 9 of 10. He said there's also a great Willow spinoff. I haven't yes, read Willow. that. Willow spinoff. Willow and Spike both have solos, and then there's Angel and Faith, which I believe is off of the Angel. I do know they just resurrected someone they killed in the last season of Buffy, and it was very interesting how they did it. I won't spoil it for people that haven't, because I saw a spoiler on the web. And then Steven has said, probably in regards to Firefly, he goes, look at it fondly, or look at it and fondle ourselves. I'm going to go with the first one. I think most are doing the second. (laughs) That's also possible. And then Danik in the chat... Yeah, Danik in the chat room says, that's because, Chris, as we age, we forget the bad stuff. It's part of nostalgia, probably in reference back to our uh, Firefly conversation. That's true. We do tend to forget the things we didn't like, except for me. I still talk about how I hated the last half of the series finale of Battlestar Galactica. I was going to say, Battlestar Galactica was fine until you got to the last half hour. Yep. It's because, uh, Chris, you're a, a curmudgeon old man. I'm crotchety, too. Don't forget that. I'm crotchety, yes. It's uh, it's what makes uh, cartoons like Thundercats and GI Joe seem good. Yeah. But go back, go back to Thundercats and try and get through a couple episodes. You look at a lot of these more fondly than they truly are. Like I went back and rewatched some of the '90s Spider-Man, and it doesn't all hold hey. up anymore. It's still no. fun. But I went back and watched Doug, uh, Tailspin. It's still fucking awesome. So, so is Darkwing Duck. <laughs> so is Doug. Doug That's is still great. Disney. Yeah. <laughs> And the 90s X-Men cartoon holds up fairly well still. It's fun. Most of them are pretty good, but it is very 90s. And I will say, (laughs) I ran into that issue you've said before, and people are going to hate me on the internet, because Batman the Animated Series, I remember it a lot more fondly than when I've rewatched some of the episodes now. They're really good, some of them, but some of them are really off. (laughs) And I didn't remember those. That show is still perfect. Oh, I know. It's almost, it's still one of the most perfect ones out there, but there's a couple here and there where I'm like, why did I like this one? <laughs> I just I rewatched just that whole series. Brave and Bold. I just watched that too. I, I poo-pooed on it for a long time because I thought it was just kid stuff. Uh, and then from everywhere else, uh, 
everyone says how good it is. Oh, the last episode. Um, I was incredibly impressed. I, I punched myself for, for knocking it. I was one of the ones that ripped on it, too, and I know I need to go back and watch it based off of how I've seen people's opinions shift on it. Because yeah. I watched like a couple episodes and I was like, I just don't like this. And that's probably what's going to happen with this new uh, Beware the Batman cartoon, because I ripped on it at first based off of, they're going to have Alfred in there with guns and this Katana character, and the animation looks weird, and then I saw the opening credit sequence and they put it out, I was like, okay, this actually looks kind of cool. I might have to watch it. I got to talk to uh, the producers of the show at last uh, San Diego Comic Con. Ooh, awesome. Um, put, the, uh, put the video up, and for an entire year, I still consistently get comments about how it sucks, how it's going to be terrible, how everybody hates it, and we've seen collectively 45 seconds. Yeah. My, my opinion started to shift after the footage started coming out. It was more of when they were talking about the premise of it, and I was like, I don't know if this really fits. It's, I was like, it does sound weird on paper. Yeah. I, of course, I'm, I'm a curmudgeon. I want more Batman Beyond. <laughs> it was a good show. Oh, good I love show. it. I'm glad that Kyle Higgins is writing the comic now. Mm. That's going to be a fun one. Uh, let's see. Uh, in the chat room, Danica's also said it's like going back and watching the Turtles movie or the Super Mario Brothers movie. I- I'm going to disagree. The Super Mario Brothers movie was always terrible. <laughs> and the Turtles but movies are still good. Awesome. <laughs> uh, Danica is, is my wife. She said that because about four days ago I was watching the Super Mario Brothers movie, laughing my ass off at how horrible it was. But oh. I couldn't stop watching it. It's, it's horrible. never been good. It's kind of It's horror bad. <laughs> I mean... We have a podcast called uh, Movie Issues where um, Leland and Spooky over there, they watch terrible movies and they have done the Super Mario Brothers and for an hour questioned why they watched Super Mario Brothers. They're gluttons for punishment, I guess. Yes, they are. Because we all need a good laugh. It's true. Just the cast of that movie, you look back and be like, damn. It's outrageous. Mario Mario? Yeah. And Luigi Mario. And Luigi Mario. It's so bad. It's insane. And to think that uh, John Leguizamo is actually doing a worse New York accent than Bob Hoskins, who is British. <laughs> and Leguizamo, who I think is at least, he at least should know better. He's from here. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't Hoskins like Smee in the Hook movie, if I remember right? Yep. That's right. That's where the name's from. Hoskins uh, Dan- is a great actor. He is. Uh, Danik in the chat room has said Turtles 3 still sucks, though. That's the one where they go back in time, isn't it? Turtles yeah, in time okay. to feudal I will, Japan. I will, I will accept that, but I still watch it. Like, I, I still I have all three of them on, on DVD, and I'll toss them on because it's just nostalgia. Well, and I thought I was going to hate Turtles the, are... the soft sequel they did, that TMNT animated movie, and I really liked it. I was really yeah, hoping I did a sequel to it. That wasn't it, bad. Yeah. Um, um, have you guys I, watched the new Nickelodeon cartoon at all? I've I seen the first seen few episodes. more than one episode. It's fucking amazing. It's yeah, it's actually pretty good. From the first few episodes that I saw, I was surprised that I liked it. Cause yeah, I'm hardcore Turtles fan. That's gross. That's kind of weird. Um, whatever. Um, Just keep going. It's it's a the Ninja Turtles were one of the things that I have always enjoyed even when they did the bad cartoons after the 80s. It's just, it was one of those things that I really wasn't sure if I was going to pick up, if, if I could sacrifice another cartoon series to it. But I'm glad that, you know, with the comic series that's currently out right now, or the 
yeah, the current ongoing, not the color classics. The color classics are good though too. Anyways, I'm See, just Turtles rambling. Somebody in, shut me up. Turtles falls in that same category of things I loved as a kid, and then Michael Bay gets to rape on screen for me, oh. just like Transformers. That doesn't. It's, it's not happening. I'm sorry. That that movie well, isn't speak, happening. Since you brought that up, did anyone go see Lone Ranger? No. I heard it was terrible. It's it's not that bad. It's really not. Um, I go to see a lot of movies, but the dude that played uh, Butch Cavendish in that is doing the Shredder, right? William Fitchner, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was a great actor. He's he a fantastic guy. It gave me some great hope that it might not be bad just because of the casting of the Turtles isn't awful outside of April O'Neil. Um, but why are they whitewashing the shredder? That's the question. Right, I he's had. it's completely whitewashed again. It's it's absurd. I mean, you, at this point, you can't even call him Orokosaki. Like that's. In fact, there's an article that says they aren't calling him that anymore. Let me see if I can find it. The, uh, you can't. How are you going to call a white dude by a Japanese name? It's one of those things where it's like there are so many Asian people in Hollywood. It's not. It wouldn't be that difficult to cast an Asian person as Shredder. Yeah, <laughs> there's, you guys there's no about need this to wait on the last podcast. I don't want to rehash, but oh, we it, touched on it okay. a little bit. But yeah, it is. It's it's absurd. And granted, he's a very talented actor. But I mean, after the long list of things that Bay has talked about with this movie in particular, it, when I heard about it, it was just one more thing to make me upset. I feel like he's personally trying to kill me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I lived with Transformers 1. It was okay. And then they just shit all over it with the next one. And then the third one, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. So what you're saying is you're going to be first in line for Transformers 4. No. Well, they got rid of Shia LaBeouf, so that helps. I was going to say, there's no more Sam Witwicky. There's there's no Corey Feldman in the new Ninja Turtle movie. I'm just throwing yeah. that out there. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the quote they had. Uh, they were doing an interview with William Fitchner about his character, and he said, I actually play a guy named Eric Sachs in the movie. Then he goes through a few stages in his existence. So his name isn't even Uraku Saki in this. He's a Western reimagining of the Shredder. So I don't know. I don't know. I guess at least they're not aliens anymore. It's not, let's not also look over Danny Woodburn as Splinter. I, I, I can see why... That could be bothersome, but since it's just a voice, I can kind of I can pass that a little better. Yeah, yeah. When they've got Thad from Blue Mountain State as Raphael, Alan Richardson, Will Arnett is Vernon Fenwick. Yeah, Will Arnett's hilarious, but Whoopi Goldberg's in this. What the hell? Yeah, I heard that. Whoopi Goldberg doing Bernadette Thompson. <laughs> Who the fuck I is that? Oh, that's mean. April's. That's April's friend. So no, April's gonna have a friend. friend. I thought they were enemies at work, like work enemies, not necessarily. Yeah, they were fight enemies. Well, they were the frenemies type yeah. thing because they would yeah. they wound up working together a lot type thing. She wasn't it's... older. She was like the same age as April. Not anymore. I guess not. It, it's the Michael Bay reimagining. They can do whatever they want, right? Most uh, death is in this movie too. <laughs> all is said... gonna go see it now. I bet. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, Adahe would see it if The Rock was in it. The Rock makes every movie better. I know, I'd go see if The Rock was in it. Yeah. That's why I'm sad I never got to see Fast and Furious 6. I have The Rock could be Bebop and Rocksteady. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll I'll take us down another path and we'll go back to news of the week here in a second. There is a rumor that the next Terminator movie will bring Arnold back, not necessarily as a Terminator, but they will set up the next Terminator to be The Rock, is the current rumor I've been seeing on the internet. Do it! Do it now! (laughs) 
The Rock it, isn't the Terminator. I'm pretty positive he already is. Have you because, ever looked at his workout pictures? I know, right? <laughs> the, the next Terminator movie is a reboot, I've been told, so they can start redoing the story to make up for the last two movies that just raped it all. So I the rumor is... I'm fine with that. The rumor <laughs> is Sarah, The Rock as the Terminator. Sarah Connor Chronicles were actually pretty good. Yeah, they were. Uh, I... I don't know if I can jive on, on any of that, reboot or not. I mean, if it's a reboot and Arnie wants to be in it, small cameo. Just just a little <laughs> nod, just for, for, for some fun. I saw The Last Stand. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Wait, okay, I've seen Fuck Salvation he made an appearance, right? I only saw Salvation um, the one time. I don't think so. No, he, no think... they used CGI for him. He wasn't actually in it. They CGI'd one of the Terminators to look like him, if I recall correctly. Mm. Okay. And then T3, that yeah. was... That was terrible. Yep. The they rule of three, the third one always sucks. Yeah. Yeah. As we so have we seen, a, proven true time and time again. We got a comment on the Google Plus side. I apologize for just now seeing it, because it popped up on my cell phone. When we started to talk about these different movies, uh, Sean Jankowski asked, Power Rangers movie with a question mark? As I as to our take on whether they should do one, because I haven't heard of one coming out, but it'd be interesting, I guess. The 90s Power Rangers movies were terrible, though. They really um, are. Ivan Ooze, come on. Um, I rest my case. <laughs> my co-host, uh, Andrew, has been a big Power Ranger fan since the 90s. He'd, he'd be tickled pink for that. Don't get me wrong, I really enjoyed the Power Rangers in the 90s. It, as I got older, it was kind of like, eh, I don't care as much. I mean, I'm talking like the old school ones, though, too, like before they started doing the multiple iterations, because Power Rangers was a kid, in Space, and Power Rangers Samurai, and Power Rangers Bukaki. This actually wasn't too bad. Um, but if you... If you go back and watch the old ones, because you can, because it's all on Netflix, it did. That was that's a show that did not hold too well. <laughs> yeah, although it's still basically the, the same show. Honestly, it seems like it didn't hold too well then either for me. Yeah. Uh, I always liked it, but then again, I always wanted to be the Yellow Ranger because she was the only thing that was closest to my skin color. And then right. I found out how racist, figured out how racist that was, and I was like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> racist. You're a pretty racist person. You know that. I am. Yeah. I hate right, everybody. Every, I hate everybody. Every, everyone's got to be Asian. For oh dear, it's awful. Racism, equality. I hate yeah, everybody. Equality. equality. It says the white guy. That's true. I happen white, to be all white Native people American, are racist by you. just instinctual nature. <laughs> I'm just. I happen to I'm just. I'm just happen to be the whitest Native American you've ever seen in your life. That's, you sound like a guy that I work with who says he's the whitest Native American I've ever seen. I'm whatever. I'm not I'm racist. Not, I hate I'm not everybody equally. Into this one. <laughs> that was a I trap. I hate everybody equally. The end. I took us way off path, didn't I? <laughs> Maybe. I'll have a podcast. Yeah, it'll happen. Anthony, did you have something you wanted to bring up for news of the week? Uh, I wanted to make sure everybody knew that the the comic industry is not dead. Huzzah! Still alive, still happening. Uh, there's an article that was uh, put out from uh, ComicBeat.com. Uh, essentially, it's uh, kind of a lengthy article, but breaking down uh, sales numbers, the comic industry is, uh, in fact, improving, um, especially from uh, 2003, where I think a lot of us might remember uh, a nice, healthy uh, resurgence, kind of maybe the beginning since the 90s uh, rise and pop 
Uh, that's early uh, Ultimate Marvel, uh, good strong runs at uh, DC from like Jeff Johns and Morrison and whatnot. Uh, everything is doing well, but the uh, it is true that the numbers are getting lower, but the industry is getting wider. So it seems that perhaps everything is just stretching out. No longer is Marvel and DC the uh, the two kingpins. Well, they are, but with all these other publishers. Um, a high a high tide raises all boats and everyone's doing well plus with all the other ways of distribution independent distribution uh, everything is is uh, improving wholly uh, we've you know we're definitely fans of comics of course yep, um, yep. but we're also big time supporters of do-it-yourselfers independence uh, I've uh, tooted the horn of independence for a long time essentially with the internet it is the greatest and worst invention we've ever had, but it can afford people like the four of us to essentially have our own radio show, TV show. Exactly. Uh, you know, we can make a movie on our cell phone now. Uh, fact, and they've used it, cell phones to film parts of movies, like part of the original Star Trek that J.J. Abrams did, they filmed on a cell phone. Oh, did they? Yep, they used an iPhone. Were you actually... Uh, like I mentioned, we do interviews uh, on the con floor. We do everything on our iPhones. Yep. All our videos are filmed uh, on our iPhones. Well, they're, they're incredibly powerful tools anymore. It's true. It's true. We get a, we got a little mic. We do all kinds of goofy things. You know, you, you edit it. and I mean, there's a production value, but when it comes to uh, comic books and independent and movies and whatnot, uh, there, there is no line when it comes to the story. You've got a good story. You've got a good story. Right. You know, it's, it's not only Marvel. It's not only ABC that can make entertainment. They've just got more money to make it shinier. And to so, um, do the advertising for it. Then there's the advertising. That's true. They get paid. We get nothing. Yep. Well, question for you. You're talking about indie comics and stuff. What's your take on all these Kickstarter books that people are doing out there? Uh, some people love using Kickstarter for comics. Other people hate it. I think it's I think it's great. Um, I do too. We talked about Kickstarter. Uh, I can't remember. Maybe about a month ago. Um, kicks because oh, we were talking uh, about Zach Braff when he tried to get his movie Kickstarter right. and how he suffered a uh, a backlash because essentially everyone felt oh well you're rich you don't need Kickstarter when two weeks before Veronica Mars who is full of successful actors, they want to do a Kickstarter and everyone's like, yeah, let's do it. Um, it's, it's really good. I don't really, f I wouldn't be fond if uh, a company tried to do a Kickstarter, like if uh, Disney or uh, Time Warner, if anyone wanted to Kickstarter, like, oh, we're gonna, we want to try this small project, so we're going to let you fund it. That seems like bullshit. But if you have a, a an independent or someone or a, a singular person who wants to take on this, you know, large financial project, then I if you can get the money, great. But there's still a lot of people, even you know, semi-popular people who still can't get a Kickstarter uh, right. off the ground. I was uh, trying to support MC Chris's cartoon mm -hmm. to get Kickstarter because it looked like nothing but fun. And he failed. He he just pulled it because it wasn't going to make all the money. Yeah, it's tough. But I love it. There's some great comics I've gotten 
by backing Kickstarter projects. Yeah. And I think it's a great way for some people to maybe get their foot in the door a little more is if they can get an idea out there that people really like and be able to bat, be able to create it as a Kickstarter project, that puts a spotlight on them then. Absolutely. It does not hurt the comic industry. But my feelings change a little bit when you start going like gaming, like computer gaming side of things and software side of things. Kickstarter, I think, is a little rougher there. But for like comics and things like that, I love it. For well, like Double Fine and all their all their success, mm-hmm. you're you're not entirely uh, fond of when they try it. I don't know. It seems like to me, especially on like a software side of things, that there's a lot more risks, and a lot of people don't understand the fact with Kickstarter is there's no guarantee you receive anything when it's all said and done. Well, you're, you're supposed an, to, but yeah, you're you're an angel investor. If the project doesn't work and you fund it, especially on the software side, it could be this is my great idea. We're going to build and develop this. We only have a basic beta of it, and if you fund the software and they can't get it done, there's no expectation you get your money back or you get anything to compensate you for that because you are helping to act as an angel investor. Like for instance, the Pebble Watch was huge. Had Pebble Watch not worked, you people wouldn't realize you're out your hundred bucks you put in. Yeah. Just because it didn't work doesn't mean you don't you get your refund or something like that. I, I think there's a lot of people that don't understand how Kickstarter works. They think that whatever you fund, that means you get something. It might not necessarily happen that way if one goes really bad. Well, that's the incentive of why uh, Kickstarter really kind of even exists. I think if uh, whomever was putting the Kickstarter up didn't offer something in return, uh, it, they'd see a big drop in donations. But that's now true. it seems it, like at this point, that's almost half of the entire campaign is what they're going to do for you in addition to making this thing, which is also for you. Exactly. And a lot of how I justify some of these comic ones is if I'm going to buy the trade of it, I might as well just get it on there because it's about the same price to buy the trade as a Kickstarter incentive than it would be to buy it in the store or buy it out of previews once it goes big or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I like when the um, some of the web comics will essentially they just want enough money for printing to you know dis- distribute it through either Diamond or their own page. Uh, we had a uh, uh, an artist, uh, Carrie Smith, who does a web comic called Plume. Okay. Uh, that uh, she'd been doing the comic on her own just fine, and then she just kickstarted for a printing and and she made it, and that actually has gotten her um, attention from Devil Do, uh, Devil's Do, and now they're publishing her book. Oh, that's I was awesome. going to say, she's, I think she's local to Chicago. I could be wrong. She's though. somewhere up northern Middle area. I can't remember exactly. And then um, someone else who did that was uh, Dave Will- David Willis. He does Short Pack and uh, Dumbing of Age. Um he just he just funded a Kickstarter and his rewards were like you know like I'll actually get the comic out on time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he just did that good. and it's it could be really good for people. I just I get worried when I see the studios doing it, like the Veronica yeah. Mars movie. It's that like, one's shady to me. Like I was, I was never a fan of the show. Uh, actually, no, I've never seen the show, so I'm not a fan. Period. Um, but it seemed it seemed a little shady because I know those actors don't own the rights. I know that there's still a company, you know, uh, wh- whomever owns it. I know they're still behind the entire project. They just have the permission to essentially kickstart and fund and make this movie. It almost feels like it's against the spirit of what Kickstarter should be for like a yeah. big studio to go in there and kickstart a project. And I think that's part of the backlash that Zach Braff got is that he's known as a big Hollywood guy and he's coming in and doing a project like that. So there was some backlash that 
this isn't what it's supposed to be for. You have methods of your own of being able to raise money, people were thinking. Yeah. Uh, that's my take on it. He has a, he has a good well, that's explanation. That's how I felt with I'm sorry. Veronica Mars. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Like, and I agree, Zach Braff did have a good justification for a lot of yeah. it. Yeah. He, he simply said, I, I would rather go through Kickstarter and make them, get the money that way so I can have control of my creative properties instead of, you know, because as soon as someone else starts putting in money, they also start putting in input and they start kind of, you know, directing things in their own way. With Kickstarter, uh, essentially other people are paying, but they're not influencing his story. He's looking to make art, essentially. Yeah, it's but, the whole comment people have in Hollywood is, how do you get to make you what you picture if the studios are involved and saying, well, we gave you $40 million. You better make it how we want it because we want a return yeah. on investment. So, I mean, I, mean I, I think just because simply the property of Veronica Mars uh, was so popular, everyone overlooked it, and then Zach Braff wants to uh, do something new, and he hasn't really done much of anything since the end of Scrubs and since uh, Garden State that I don't think anyone really trusted him, and just uh, all the all the shininess wore off, and they felt, well, you can do this on your own. Why should I give you ten, fifty, hundred bucks? Yeah, I mean, it's the same principle as say it wasn't Veronica Mars and it was Firefly that got done that way. Nobody would have been objecting then either. No. It's just a harder sell for people. And when even, it's a. Even if a big time company was making the Kickstarter, I, I think the fans would still just pour all the money into it. Yep. Even though we hate just Fox, they'd be like, Fox is doing a Kickstarter for Firefly. We'd be like, take my money. All the money in a minute. Yeah. I don't know. That, that's just my take on it. We, we went a little off topic there, but yes. go, going back to comics are not dead, uh, there's some interesting numbers that came out. Wired has an article about Image's uh, digital plan they have, basically that they're going to make all their comics DRM-free. They're digitally distributed. But the real interesting bit that came out of this is that in 2012, 12% of their sales overall were from digital. It's, did- gro- it's, it's really a growing, uh, and really inevit- it's inevitable. Everything, all all media is going to go digital uh, within ten years, I suppose. Um, not to say that there won't be uh, any, you know, print comics, but it's eventually going to become the VHS or the DVD. It's still there, but everyone's buying buying Blu-ray anyway. I think both Thanks will have for their killing place. my job. <laughs> I think no, I think both are going to have their place. And I'm going to read an excerpt from the article here. Uh, from an interview, rather, with uh, Eric Stevenson that they have up on Comics Beat. It's a little long, I apologize, but, uh, quote, Image has the the statistics to back this up, and even more surprising, an industry where publishers have been notoriously cagey about providing data about digital sales, Image actually shared them. Although the publisher only started selling digital comics in 2009, digital sales now make up more than 11% of the company's overall revenue and is currently projecting sales of 15% by the end of 2013. Image's best-selling comic, The Walking Dead, sees 22% of its sales in digital. And when measured solely against print comics sold in the direct market at comic book stores, digital makes up 27% of revenue. So that's a pretty decent chunk of change. And like they said, no one else talks their numbers on digital, and I think that's on purpose. Probably. And I'm pretty sure The Walking Dead drives a lot of that. But Image has always been smart to me on how they do their digital because they regularly put out like their number ones for free after like six months. I'm like, here, read this. If you get hooked, then you can buy the rest of them on here. Image is, uh, it's, it's interesting to watch Image in the last couple of years. They've become uh, incredibly creator-focused 
which has always been their their bag, but it seems recently that uh, whatever they've done differently, it's been working. You've gotten uh, The Walking Dead. You've gotten uh, so many books from uh, artists and writers who are working at DC and Marvel and have this prestige. They go over to, to Image, they do a little book, and it's amazing. They, they almost... Uh, are just knocking everything out of the park as far as, you know, just these short, um, finite series, which I think is really something that's helping comics. The books that have been going for 50, 80, 100 years, uh, it's it's tough to, to feel fresh. It's, it's tough to feel like Spider-Man's in danger when you know they're not going to kill Spider-Man. And I know Spider-Man, <laughs> but... Uh, that that's a uh, oh. fight that we've had. Yeah, I heard on the last podcast, uh, Naki, that uh, you're you like Superior Spider-Man. I do like Superior Spider-Man. I, I make a see, look at this, look at this, another one. Not cool, I am the man. only Not one. Cool. I'm the <laughs> only one apparently. It's it's Superior Spider Octopus Man. You Not said fuck Peter Parker. I did say fuck Peter hero. Parker. <laughs> Peter Parker's whiny. Half the people in comics are whiny. I know you Summers. all are. This, this is why I don't read. Okay, so out of the big two, this is what I pick up. I pick up Superior Spider-Man, X-Men, Batman. Even now, I'm debating if I'm going to keep picking that up. Uh, yeah, that's it. Everything else I pick up is independent, and it's. Because they're all fucking whiny, and they all end the same way. Peter Parker wins. Hooray. Doc Ock is going to die eventually, and Peter Parker is going to be back. Right now, Doc Ock is just a safety net so they can open up Spider-Man to do things like kill people. Spider-Man shouldn't kill people. He's a superhero. Because it's cool. not Spider-Man. Spider-Man it's doesn't Doc kill. Ock. No, but it's not Spider-Man. What's the book called? It's not Spider-Man. What's the book it's called? It's not Spider-Man. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm not fine. I was already... I was already on uh, comic book legends talking about this this week. I'm not. I'm not even. No, we're not doing this for four weeks in a fucking row on how Superior Spider-Man is better than your fucking Amazing Spider-Man. We're not doing this again. Well, it's but better than the last run of still, Amazing Spider-Man. Maybe I, I don't really care for Spider-Man either way, givers and whatnot. But it's still Spider-Man and Spider-Man and, and the persona of Spider-Man. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done forever. <laughs> Fuck everybody. <laughs> so, oh, I read let's see. good books. No, no, we've got some comments in the chat room. Steven has said Superior Spider-Man far better than real Spider-Man. Mike has said Thank he you. likes Superior too. Steven has said Peter Parker's Spider-Man should be more like Days of Parker's Lives. He's whiny, overdramatic, and by far the worst written character in comics. Thank Ooh. you, Steven. And I he then says you. Doc Ock version is more of a down-to-earth Spider-Man. No. <laughs> I love Steven right now. And then Steven Danica and says, I want to start reading Superior, but I can't find number one. You can find it on Kickstarter. It was not Kickstarter, uh, Comixology. It was free for a while. And then uh, Steven has said, Naki is right. You are all wrong. The end. Yes. No. Not cool, Steven. This, this cool. is why Steven and I are BFFs. <laughs> not cool, Steven. Steven, you can no longer be my stalker. I'm revoking that privilege. <laughs> <laughs> Look, half the fun in comics is having divisive opinions on things, not people not agreeing. And, hey, the book sells well, good for them. I don't enjoy it, like I said. Since I don't enjoy it, I don't buy it. I don't hate buy like a lot of people do. 
I'll come back to it when it sounds interesting or I hear a good word of mouth again. As it is now, I'll pick it up occasionally in the store, I'll leaf through it, or I'll pick it up in the grocery store aisle and I'll look through it and see if it hooks me, but it's not for me, because my Spider-Man is Peter Parker. Word. Sooner Even later, though all I you can't people strangely realize. accept... I accept Miles Morales as Spider-Man, too. I enjoy that in the Ultimate Universe, it, but you you can yeah. get away with that in the Ultimate Universe, killing off yeah. people and replacing them. Okay, so, but... The thing that Superior Spider-Man had, okay, had Peter Parker in it, and there was a really, there's one issue that really sold it on me, because it, the first few issues I was just kind of meh before I actually, you know, started really getting into it, and it's the issue where uh, Peter Parker and Doc Ock battle in Peter Parker's brain. It is a fantastic fight of the two different Spider-Man, and... I, I can't, like, the way that it happens and the way that Peter Parker is eventually no longer Force Ghost Peter Parker is a really good issue. And even if you don't like Superior Spider-Man, that that Wait. is just something that I, I feel like it, it's worth reading. So you mean Made Otto killed reading. Peter for a second time and continued to wear his body and nobody notices even though he acts completely different? <laughs> No, actually, people do notice, and I and I it's been picking up yes, on the, people. The Mary like, Sue character Carly Cooper noticed. Once again, the first person to notice, Deadpool. Yeah, Deadpool did. Deadpool notice, did actually. notice right away. Um, <laughs> that but, was hilarious. I mean, just be, I, I realize you guys aren't going to give it a chance, and you aren't going to read it. Whatever. I did I'm just give saying, it a chance. I read the first two. I'm just saying. <laughs> That the <laughs> epic battle that happens inside of Peter Parker's brain is a really good issue, and it's a really good. It it it's a lot of talking, you know. It does get talky, but it it's too. It, it makes Superior Spider-Man make sense. Do you know what issue that is? I believe it's issue eight. Let me double check. It's got the picture of his brain on the cover. It like writes out Spider-Man. Yeah. The title and the brain tissue. It looks like. I'll check it out for you, but... Yeah. Uh, Steven's got some comments in here. He goes, uh... That was interesting. Uh, excuse me. He goes, uh, my God, really? Marvel finally does something right for once. For once! We all know Parker will come back, but for once they're taking a leap. Instead of having fun for the ride, knowing Parker will come back, everyone bitches. Then they bitch and say Marvel's behind the times and you take a page from the DC book. Seriously. DC's not doing that great. New They've 52 got a couple more than I thought it would. Batman. Hey, guys like Batman? Cause Batman. Ba- Batman. I heard Scott you like Snyder writing Batman. I do Batman books. Scott Snyder is the one that's really making Batman good. No, Nobody else is really pulling that off as well. I honestly don't know if I dig Zero Year, though. I haven't read I any of it yet. Uh, Steven continues to go on. Uh, he goes, no wonder Marvel does number ones and basically just renumbers, as opposed to DC, who did a bunch of stuff, did a bunch of number ones and changed stuff up. And then Mike said, they, balls. they like got the balls Batman. To, to do it, but oh, it was a ballsy move, and yeah. some of it worked. But I still have my issues with like three different timelines somehow merging, but somehow being different because all the Batman stuff happened, except small bits and pieces here. Green Lantern, everything happened, but Superman never died. It's very confusing. That's part of the problem. Yeah, and then. It was hilarious at C2E2 when I went to the DC panel and they're they're plugging away the fact they're releasing this free book at stores that'll be like the essential chronology of DC Comics, the essential books you need to read. And I they saw reference that. they reference a bunch of trade paperbacks and stuff in there that aren't in continuity anymore because of New Fifty Two. 
So it just made me laugh. I really wanted to stand up like, so does this tell me what's in continuity and not now? We're, but, we're never going to know. Well, I don't think point. we will either. But yeah. all right, one last thing on the Spider-Man thing, because we sort of had a segue by oh, bitching about God this. Damn it. This is, it's not going to be what you think it is. The, uh, you guys are familiar with David Morell, who brought us Rambo? Well, he put a tweet out, and he goes, My Spider-Man Frost comic book project comes out in October as the first two issues of a new comic book called Peter Parker, Spider-Man. So God somewhere in October, shit. it hasn't been confirmed whether he's returning to his body, whether this is out of continuity or whatnot, but there is a series that'll be Peter Parker, Spider-Man, like we I used to I still don't have. care about Peter Parker. Most likely, it's probably going to be out of continuity, just like... Um, Damian Wayne's coming back for his short yep. miniseries. Uh, it's just, you, you, you've had two events, uh, the death of Peter Parker, the death of Damian Wayne, and everyone got upset about it, and people are, are continuing to, to whine about it. So, you know, the, the companies kick you down a miniseries. See, yep. I didn't get upset over Damian's death. I got upset over Neither the fact I. that they killed him in the stupidest care. fucking way. <laughs> it, it, seemed, it seemed wholly unnecessary um, and I, I guess uh, also at the same time, why why bother to 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 do it? Like it, we just got done with Death in the Family. And, they should have done it in Death of the Family if they were going to do it. Yeah, but I mean, I guess I I'm not a fan of of Grant Morrison at all. I think he writes everything. Uh, it, 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 I get some heat from it, but. I feel that too many people, and especially uh, over at DC, they just let him do whatever he wants. His book is the only book that's unchanged by the by the new Fifty Two crossover. He he just has all the power, and I think that's not uh, it, it doesn't work out. His plan was always to kill uh, Damien, and when it finally happens, it's this immediate hype. Because it was uh, anticlimactic, though. Yeah, but like New York Post puts out this uh, article, like, "Oh, Damien's gonna die this week." Well, the d- uh, the comic shops didn't know; they were unprepared. That book shot up in price. That that brings me to another issue I have with the comic industry at large: is they can't allow people to be surprised by a book anymore. They have to put a press release out before the book comes out. So even if you don't want to get spoiled, you get spoiled because of the nature of the internet and things like that. Like Peter Parker unmasking in Civil War back in two thousand seven, the death of Batman, the death of Peter Parker. You, there's no surprises because they have to go and plug the hell out of it to get that temporary bump in sales because everyone's like. Oh my God! Someone dies. I need to have this book. It'll be worth money someday. I don't think they need to uh, essentially uh, put out, you know, some kind of like half spoiler in like the previews description. Um, but what something that does actually really bug me is the fact that uh, like New York Post gets all the exclusives when you have a gang of really dedicated websites uh, that are picking up every little scrap of news that they put out, they're the ones that should get these exclusives, you know, like even Newsarama maybe. Um, but like as, as a semi-news site myself, I see New York Times getting the back scratch from D.C., and it kind of feels like, you know, you're, you're shitting on your fan base here. And then USA Today for Marvel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's also it's, who they're owned by, though, too, in the long run. It's lame, though. It's it's just uh, cool kids hanging out with the cool kids. Well, I mean, the fact of the matter is is that the comic industry 
the, the books themselves are small potato anymore compared to how much they make off the movies and stuff. So yeah, I everything's think, in merchandising. In and a lot of cases, they don't give two shits about the comic book in some on some of these. It's true. That's well, wasn't true. it Marvel that you said that you had gone to their panel and they were like, yeah, we make all our money through the movies. Whatever. They make 80% of their money through the movies is what the Marvel rep said at C2E2. Wow. Because people were bitching about something. He goes, guys, here's the thing you got to remember. He goes, 80% of the money that's made is off the movies right now. And it's, it comes down to honesty. I mean, you don't blame them. You can't blame them for being honest. The company's there to make money. Shareholders want money. Um, fans uh, will give them money as long as they like what's going on. Um, and they're supporting the movies a lot more than they're supporting the comic books. So if they don't like what's going on in the comic books, well, too bad. Well, and a lot of people seem to think that the comic book market is a narrowing market because they're having a harder time bringing in younger readers, so you keep the people that are growing up with comics are sticking with them. But the movies bring in the younger people, so there's a lot of focus there because that's your growing target. As you get the young kids in, you hope you draw them into other things. Part of the problem is the comic books are, I mean, the, the main line of comic books also are kind of getting older. They're not playing for children very well. An all-ages book kind of has to reach up to around age 12 or, you know, even 13 because the content in your standard Batman and X-Men, Spider-Man and whatnot is uh, sometimes a little too much for anyone younger than that. So they want kids... But they're not necessarily writing for kids, so that's why you got to get the cartoons and the movies to, to well, you know, try and get them if they're going to go into comics at all. You know what? Uh, what comic series? And this actually came up yesterday. Um, I had a girl come in with her family. She was 12 years old, and I took her to the all ages rack. And I'm like, "There isn't much here that I that I have for your age." I'm like, "But the first book that I brought to her was Bone." Um, mm -hmm. By Jeff Smith, mm -hmm. and that was actually one of my first series. When I outside of like Spider Man, when I was her age, and I'm like, try this out. And she, you know, I got she got that, and she got Princeless, which was a review I just did on GunnaGeek.com. Plug and um and uh, it's it's there's I've had this complaint in the past where I really want to be able to give kids, you know, all ages books, but they're, it's either written for tiny kids mm -hmm. or written for adults. Just, there's nothing in the middle. And there's a very Deadpool. Yeah, it's dead. perfect for all ages. Deadpool. It's true. It's true. Get the Deadpool game, kids. It's awesome. Totally for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there, there's not even a lot of the for kids books anymore. It seems like they'll be around and they just abruptly get canceled. Yeah, they get tossed around um, a bit because... It's it's an even smaller market for for those. There's all yep. the old comic fans. They're still picking up all the standard titles, and uh, I mean, if if Batman can you know barely break uh, like a hundred thousand, what's Tiny Titans gonna do? Right, and then you've got some comic fans who are like kid friendly version. Why do we need that? I grew up reading the regular book. Why do kids need a good jumping on point? And I'm like. Doesn't really work. You gotta have, you gotta entice them in, and that's where they're smart. Some of like the Batman books, they're for kids, are like based off the animated series, and then like the the Bruce Timm style. Anymore. Okay, I haven't seen them in a while, but I knew they were doing something like that. Yeah, the the DC has Green Lantern, the animated series, Young Justice, Young Justice and, got canceled. Uh, yeah, and Superman Family gone. Adventures. Those and both of those two are gone now. Yeah, they canceled um, Young Justice right when they canceled the cartoon. 
Yep, Marvel oh. has um, Ultimate Spider-Man, uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, and that's it. Everything else is like Archie, or Regular Show, or Adventure Time, or My mm. Little Pony. I was going to say, or... apparently My Little Pony is a fucking hugely successful comic. I looked up some of the top-selling yeah. comics in April. My Little Pony was in the top 50 of all comics. That is yeah, My Little ridiculous. Pony. Who's putting that out? IDW? That's IDW. That boom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's that IDW. means if it's IDW, it's... there's probably 20 different variants each month, too. Yes. God, I hate <laughs> variants. Um, there's also They also just put out a Treasury Edition, which is a Color Me Edition. It is huge, and okay, you can color cool, in though. the comic while you, while you read it. And that's I mean, they've cool. done... It's it's really cool what they've done with that, but the, like I said, Marvel and DC don't do shit for kids. No, well, I mean, in a boom at one point when they had the Disney contracts put on some quality stuff like Darkwing Duck, the comic. Yeah, and that's things still like that. and that's still going on. Darkwing what? Duck is still going on. Uh, Simpsons is still going on. Um, the, the, the Futurama. Finding Gossamer, Futurama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mad still has his their their magazine that's out every month. There's a small market segment, but I think would be a good one that would. Be allow- that would allow kids' comics to start to grow again because I- I'm sure they realize it, but if you don't start appealing to the kids, the industry is going to hurt in 10, 15 years from now. Yeah. Let's well, see that's that. what I... They don't look at their long game, though. They just look at the short... St- they look the at the movie game. game now is what I think it is, and that bubble yeah. is going to pop at some point. Yeah. In the chat room, Potato Waste has said, My Little Pony debuted at number one. I remember that because... I was listening to an episode of Fanboy Buzz when they were still around, and they were talking about the fact, how is this number one? And they had to read it at one point, and one guy was like, what the hell? <laughs> this is also uh, their Bro, first or... their trade paperback uh, landed number two on Amazon, their first trade paperback. So, um, wow. Potato Waste asked, what about Little Gotham? Isn't that considered all ages? It's actually not considered all ages. Okay. It's, um, it's, it's not a bad... It's not a bad series, um, but it's not considered all ages because of the graphic content that is in Little Gotham. It's not bloody or anything like that, but they they consider it to be too violent to be considered all ages. Interesting. It's very it's very strange how they go about doing it, though. Well, everyone handles their own censors at this point. That's true. There's no uh, oh crap. The com- no oh. brain fart. Um, shit. Comic code. No. Yes, that's the one the thing. <laughs> I was like, I know the word. It's just not coming to me. Well, you've got Disney, code. You have essentially have Disney and Warner Brothers deciding what's going to be okay uh, for kids. Well, and to be so, honest, though, Disney seems to have adopted a fairly hands-off approach when it comes to the Marvel side of the house. It's true, and it's it's worked out pretty well so far, especially on the movie side of the house. A lot of that was Eisner's doing, wasn't it? He's like, let Marvel be. Or something like that. Yeah, it's the left. same principle he's put forward for Star Wars too. Is they want to do the same, or for Lucasfilm rather, is they want to let the Lucasfilm side of the house continue to operate as Lucasfilm, Lucas Arts, or whatever. Well, if you the it, people will be mad. Even though the thing with Marvel though is that they have like four, four or five books that have the parental guidance, you know, explicit inside, like Fury Max and uh, anything Powers Max Bureau. Deadpool kills Deadpool has it. Um, but, I mean, they really... Marvel books in general are pretty okay for kids. Like, like Indestructible Deadpool. Hulk, I have no I have no issue showing my nephew to. Um, and he's six. But, I mean, 
He just likes it because he sees Hulk with Thor's hammer and thinks it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's true. Like, there's there's a lot that, uh, as as an adult, seems so terrible, but a child is just oblivious. I mean, we can go back and watch cartoons from when we were kids and just have our minds fucking blown over the shit that we did not realize was there. Rocco's Modern Life is really good at that. Right? <laughs> Yeah, uh, Tato Waste asked in the chat room, he goes, who is deeming Little Gotham not for kids? Um, that is actually DC itself. Okay. Um, that was, uh, who was it? that When Diamond distribute, when Diamond did the distribution, uh, it, there we had a mark on there from DC itself saying that it is not considered an all-ages content. Interesting. We, you get, when you get the shipments, you get a little sheet, and it, yeah. It's not listed as an all-ages contender. I don't want to hijack your news, but I have to talk about this. Okay, bring it. I just have to, because this is awesome. It's Netflix for Legos. Says it what now? Please tell me that's real. It is. It's called Plego. P-L-E-Y-G-O. It is Netflix for motherfucking Legos. (laughs) I'm intrigued. I don't hate that. I, I like it. I don't it's hate that a plan rather, at relatively all. New, <laughs> a relatively new service, and they're adding more sets to go on. Uh, they have some of the Batman stuff on here, some of the uh, a lot of the Star Wars stuff, and they're adding the architecture stuff. Like, here's the X-Wing. Yeah. Uh, the Star Wars awesome. one is the one I'm most interested in right here. <laughs> so we need to find a way for Plego to be our sponsors, because they're awesome. <laughs> This is, this is, I'm happy that they're adding the architecture set because I've looked at those a long time and they're like a hundred fucking dollars a piece. Z95 Headhunter. Sweet. <laughs> My question though is that it, you're still renting it, right? So at some point you have to send it back. Yeah, you, you, yeah. You, you're renting it. You build it. You can, I guess, take pictures or whatnot, and then you send it back. Yes. There's going to be a lot of pieces that go missing, though, is the only problem. Oh, have, I, I, I read that. in their questions right? here, and they actually had, what happens if I lose a piece? No worries. We understand the pieces get lost during play. Our plan includes a guarantee so that you'll, you will not be charged if normal losses occur. But how well, are they handling the lost pieces? Uh, what, if my, what if I buy the set and my kids want to keep it? What does that one say? Uh, you can purchase it from them. Okay. Um, but the, Interesting. I, I, I didn't see exactly like the... Let's see. Let's get the A-Wing here. This is a tangent that I love. Uh, you click purchase set, it directs you to Amazon. Uh, <laughs> but Does that mean there's no used sets I can buy? That They do have used, but I'm, I think you have to be a member. And as of right now, I'm not a member. I'm waiting until after I get back from vacation. But I will be a member, and I'll tell you more about I this. I expect stuff. a review of this service when you return. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> This is the greatest thing ever that we just found. <laughs> My wife found this, and I'm like, I want that. <laughs> I fucking love Legos. Anyways. Is, is there uh, anything in there that says um, how many different sets you can have at a time? Is there, like, a structure, like... Uh, there might be like different Netflix plans. Like there's three different pricing levels. Um, okay. There's the small-medium set. You get also the small-medium-large sets or the small, medium, large, huge set. Um, here we go. I'll screen share this so you can... I just want to know how much it's going to cost me to recreate the Battle of Yavin. I'm going to need <laughs> a lot of Legos. <laughs> Is that the Falcon? Yeah. Uh, Falcon. Oh, you get a small, God. large, huge set, $39 a month. Oh. 
It looks like that might just be the size <laughs> of the set itself, not new, uh, the number of how many different sets you can yeah. have. Because as, as cool as it would be, it's, it'd be cooler to have a Millennium Falcon and an X-Wing instead of just one of them. Or a yeah. Death Star. Oh, and of the course, there's also the uh, the option to per- keep it after you've built it as a use set, and I'm sure that would be much cheaper. But yeah. uh, Unli- it said unlimited Lego sets at the top when you're on that previous page for three to twelve months. Yeah, unlimited. But how many? It doesn't say how many at a time. Is uh, the big thing. Interesting. Well, honestly, I'd only want to if if I'm doing the Millennium Falcon. I really only want to do one at a time. Yeah, but then you can't make the Battle of Yavin if you've only got one ship. That's yeah. true. This That's is problematic. True. Although you could probably maybe just fake the asteroid scene. It's true. That is like the coolest thing I've seen. I, I'm, I'm going to see distracted now. We're going to see like a a sudden pop up of of short videos made with uh, Legos now, aren't we? Maybe. <laughs> so totally if anyone if anyone from Plego is listening, we love you guys. We want to do something. <laughs> <laughs> All things good and nerdy, comic issues, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm so distracted now. Legos are like the greatest invention ever. Let's just be honest. I grew up on Legos. I love them. That's, mm. Legos are the exact reason that Minecraft became so popular. That's because it's Legos That's the game, game man. Yeah. Those Lego crap. games were fucking amazing. That's another thing I shit on when it came out. I thought it was just for kids. I did too, and I was I ate crow on that. I was like, this is so awesome. Yeah. Now, like, a uh, Lego game comes out, like, I have to buy it. Like, Lego, I can't wait for the Marvel one. Lego Batman 2 was perfect. I'm wondering I what they're I can't wait do. for the Lego movie. The Lego Marvel one looks yeah. great. I'm just kind of wondering what they're doing with Deadpool in that. <laughs> Very neutered. <laughs> yeah. I also like the fact that the Hulk is actually huge. Like, he's a yeah. giant Lego figure. That's pretty cool. Uh, the Lego movie, though, that looks pretty fun. Um, I... We, we talked about it, I think, last week. I really would like to see it get very meta. Uh, specifically, I would like a Lego person to step on a Lego piece. And ride <laughs> I, I, I just want to see shit like that. I want to see the missing corner blue piece uh, problem. Oh, my God, that would be awesome. <laughs> it, would, it would be amazing. I'm, oh, I'm probably I'm, way too excited for that. I'm movie. so distracted because of all this Lego talk. But as I look at the clock, we got about ten minutes left, so we should probably start wrapping up. In our traditional fashion, we'll wrap up our bit of uh, what I'm into. It's that special time where we tell you what we're doing this week. And for those that aren't familiar or listening to the show for the first time, this is basically our chance to tell you what games we've been playing, comics we've been reading, shows we've been watching, anything like that. Basically, sell you on something that we've been liking ourselves to share what we've been doing, because, hey, that's half the fun, right? So, who wants to go first? Any volunteers? Do, 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 we'll go with Naki. Oh, hooray. Hooray! Um, shit, what did I do this week? Uh, it was the 4th of July. Hooray! Happy um, birthday, America. America. Um, I outed myself as a Matchbox 20 fan by oh. uh, going to their concert. They're, they've been my guilty pleasure music since I was, like, I don't know, 10. And, uh, so, uh, yeah, I went to them their concert with my sister, who actually tricked me into going because she just told me it was Goo Goo Dolls and Matchbox 20, and I really don't like Goo Goo Dolls. But she got us, like, fifth row seats and, like, 
this Damn. really fancy chef's table. Like we got to go to this really fancy dinner beforehand, and it was really kind of crazy. Um, so we did that for the Fourth of July, and then we went to a balloon. Uh, like we, there's a big hot air balloon festival that's by my house, and um, but went and watched the takeoff. That's cool. And um, I didn't really do much of the nerd style stuff this week outside of like working in a comic book store. So that'll do it. That that's that's my that's my life is I'm basically a nerd for pay now. Pay me, be great. Payment that's is good. Life. I'm living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll go next. I picked up on Comicsology Batman 66 number one, which is exactly like it sounds. You take the 1966 series and you go and do it in a comic form. And it is surprisingly interesting because it's a 99 cent digital comic, but they use the guided viewability of Comicsology to basically animate it. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a, a, a bit of that. It's super impressive and kind of a sign of what digital comics can do other than just digitally scan the book for you. Right, and I guess DC worked a lot with Comixology and how they could use their guided view technology to do this animation. And it's really cool. And for those that aren't familiar, basically what happens is you basically tap on the screen and it takes you panel through panel. Or in this case, it changes the screen so text bubbles pop up or like a special effect pops in on screen, something like that, like with a punch effect, things like that. It's yeah. really cool. The strangest thing with this one, though, it kind of took me out a little bit is because it's 1966 Batman, you get one point where Adam West Batman is like clinging to a rope off of a plane and like swinging around and crawling up, and I'm like, Adam West never did that. Yes, he did. He did it off a helicopter in the movie because yeah, then he punched a shark. But this plane is like flying around and it's yanking him backwards, and he's crawling up gradually and throwing batarangs and stuff at him. I'm like, you know, that never happened. It's still cool, though. <laughs> it, it's not quite the 66 feel, but it's really fun. That's really my only quibble with it. I had a lot of fun with it. It is a 99-cent digital comic. It's a lot of fun. And it, the issue you'll need to run into, you might run into, is it's a 120-meg download for one mm -hmm. issue of Batman 66. And for reference, most comics are near between 30 to 50-meg an issue. So it, it's rather hefty for one book. So you probably don't want to keep a bunch of them on your tablet or your iPhone or whatever you read your uh, Comixology books on. I've also, I ran into the fact yesterday that I was browsing Comixology and saw they're running a sale on both Irredeemable and Incorruptible. You all have heard me gush about how much I love Irredeemable on this podcast before, and the guys on Fanboy Buzz had always said Incorruptible was good. Naki said Incorruptible was good. So I bought the Omnibus on Comixology, which is like 30-some-odd issues, pretty much the entire run, for 25 bucks, and I'm like eight or nine issues into it. Holy crap, Incorruptible is really good, too. It makes me want to go back and read Irredeemable now, and I love that one. So, highly recommend to anyone who's enjoyed Irredeemable, go check out Incorruptible. Or, hell, just pick up Irredeemable now while they're on sale, too. It's a fantastic book. I love Mark Wade's work on it. I've had that first uh, trade, uh, collecting dust on, my, dust on my shelf for a while. I've been meaning to get to it. It's so good. For those that aren't familiar, the whole concept behind Irredeemable is it's basically what if a Superman-like character went bad, went rogue. Yeah. Basically, there's a character called the Plutonian, it just starts killing all the heroes, killing a bunch of people, and wreaking havoc on the world, and nobody can stop him because he's all-powerful. And that's what starts the story, is people trying to then stop him. Really cool. And the concept behind Incorruptible is one of the Plutonian's enemies sees the Plutonian go rogue and then realizes there's a place for heroes in this world and decides to go straight and become a hero. So it's a villain that tries to redeem himself. And then the other thing I've really been getting into is... We've all know that ATGN's part of the Gunna Geek Network now. Well, this week, Gunna Geek launched the official podcast for GunnaGeek.com, 
and I'm one of the cast members on that. Myself and Stephen John Drew, who you guys have seen on the show before, and then JS, who's been on the show before from our Canadian Invasion episode, and also John D, who was on a couple weeks back. We're all doing the weekly 30-minute Gonna Geek podcast. This week we were talking smartphones. This upcoming week I think is going to be next-gen consoles and PC gaming. It's basically just a 30-minute show each week where I have to remember not to curse because that's hard. So sorry, Stephen, when you have to bleep me out. <laughs> this is why Adahe doesn't get invited to things. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't feel bad because there were about uh, 15 notes of things that need to get bleeped out in the first episode that was 40 minutes long, but I was not any of them. <laughs> This that time. Feel good. This time. I'm sure it'll happen again in the future, though. But that's what I've been getting into, reading a lot of comic books, and I've also been playing the Deadpool game on my Xbox, which is fun and insane. You, you know it's a fun game within the first five minutes you blow up a blow-up doll in Deadpool's apartment. Yeah. I need to pick up that game. I was actually debating about renting it since I'm laid up again. So It's it's well worth giving a play to. Uh, the best way to describe it is it's a fun game, but it's not necessarily a great game. You'll laugh a lot, but the controls are a little off. The camera angles sucks at times. But you'll have fun playing it just because it makes you laugh so damn much. Um, we have uh, one of my co-hosts, Andrew, is uh, reviewing the game right now. Uh, and we've talked about it. Uh, I've played the Transformers game from the same uh, High Moon Studios. Right. They make... Decent games, but they're really fucking cool. The Transformers yeah, yeah. was great for Transformers fans. The Deadpool is great for Deadpool fans. But if you're not either one, the game's mediocre. Yeah, I think so. If you don't enjoy Deadpool or get a laugh from Deadpool-type humor, you're not going to enjoy the Deadpool game. That said, though, they really went for the Deadpool. From everything I'm told, it is Deadpool exactly as you want him. He regularly breaks the fourth wall, does yeah. stupid things. It's written by the um, by Daniel Way, who wrote the series before Brian Pusain yep. and Marvel now restarted it. So it I mean, is fantastic yeah. from a laughs perspective. It would make a great comic probably too, and because it, it doesn't make sense, but it's still hilarious, much like a lot of the Deadpool books did. I'm a, I'm upset. I didn't. I'm I'm not playing it myself. And the nice thing is it's a cheap game, too. It retails for 50 on a console or 40 on a PC. That, and um, I think next week is the Steam sales, so it'll probably be even cheaper on PC. Yeah, it'll be on Steam Ooh. sales. So, Ada, hey, we'll, we'll seg to you next. What have you been getting into? What are you getting into? Well, as you can see here, we have Captain America. Um, America. Because, of course, we did the fireworks thing and whatnot. Um, uh, go away, Windows 8 stuff. <laughs> Uh, da, 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 da. Other Windows than that, the worst, right? Fuck it. I, I like Windows 8. I do. Oh. It's just uh, sometimes it gets a little odd to use. Other than that, um, getting ready to go on vacation. Uh, went to watch. Um, <laughs> what I go watch? Cabin.tv or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I went to watch Lone Ranger and Despicable Me 2. Uh, Despicable Me 2 is great. Lone Ranger Yay! is meh. Um, there you go. I haven't had time really to play like video games. I've been too busy, like, working and whatnot. I've been helping helping my wife do this crap. Um, I just turned screen share off. See, you can see this black thing in here. It's a poopy tail thing she's been working on. Yeah. Hmm. That's why I don't, I haven't had time to do much else. 
Fair enough. A lot, like 70-some hours a week. And Adahay will not be with us next week as he goes on vacation, so you guys have a, a break from Deadpool comments. I'll try I'll to do some next week while you're gone. How about that? I'll be up in New York, staying at the Manhattan Club, being awesome. Fancy. Ah, fancy, fancy. Well, you kids have fun. If you vent- Where is exactly is the Manhattan Club? <laughs> it's like, what, a block from Central Park or something like okay. that? Don't go to Central Park at night. Two blocks from Times Square. Well, what I will suggest is there's a really cool place right off Times Square. Times Square, it's called Sweet Caroline's Dueling Piano Bar. It is fun. Go check it out. It's fun. I've been there. Yeah, it's really fun. So I guess we'll wrap up with our guest host this week. Anthony, what have you been getting into? What are you getting into? Uh, I'm in the middle of rewatching the the G1 Transformer series on Netflix. Uh, I just finished season two, so now I'm going to watch the animated movie and then uh, continue on the downslope that the series has. <laughs> um, other than that, uh, trying to catch up on comic books and um, getting ready for San Diego Comic-Con uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, we're San Diego-based, so we always hit it up uh, every year. So we're starting to schedule interviews and all kinds of crazy whatnot. Oh, nice. Yep. It's, that it's, should be fun. It's definitely a good time. It's it's a blast, and anyone uh, who's going down to San Diego, uh, if if it's your first time, it's way bigger than the convention. It's bl- it's bled out into the city itself. You can spend a day just outside and never need a pass. Man, I gotta go there one day. I'm just scared because there's just so much stuff that I'll never be able to absorb even like it half is, of it. It is super crazy. <laughs> I'm scared of San Diego. I'll do it one day. Oh, it's not that bad. I like. I I, I used. I lived briefly in San Diego, and I liked living there. But I don't know if I want to do convention. Yeah. Well, I think that's about. It's about time to wrap us up. Uh, One last time, Anthony. Let's get you to plug your stuff again for anyone who might have tuned in late. We'd love to send some people your way. Anthony Silva, Comic Issues Podcast. Every Wednesday we release a new podcast full of all kinds of different geekery from movies to comic books to video games, toys, everything. It is me, Andrew, Elizabeth, the three of us. We just beat each other up for an hour uh, (laughs) talk about all the things that we love. Uh, And we also, just like this podcast, we like to drop in little news bites and whatever is happening, discuss it. Uh, we are comic-issues.com. We have all the social medias. Uh, we are trying to actually push on Facebook right now. If we can just get a couple more likes, we've got a fun video that uh, we're going to release uh, from last year's San Diego Comic-Con as we gear up for this year's. Uh, we also have uh, other podcasts. Movieissues.com is Leland and Spooky. They watch a terrible movie and then for an hour question why they watch that terrible movie. <laughs> Uh, we also have a podcast um, called Classics Without All the Class, where Jeannie and Car- Karina, they, they're book nerd, they're bookworms, they're adorable. Uh, so uh, all part of the pixelatedgeek.com network, we do our best to try and entertain everybody out there who, uh, who even considers themselves a little geeky. Well, sounds good. I'm going to have to go check it out. I did just set up to subscribe to your Comic Issues podcast, so I'll be checking that out on my commutes. We got it on the iTunes, guys. Subscribe. Uh, I think for the iTunes. A big thanks to Anthony for joining us today. Tons of fun. Have always fun having a new guest host. You're welcome back anytime you want, of course. Super duper. Uh, don't forget, guys. We're gonna wrap up, but you can find us at atgnpodcast.com or on the social medias on Twitter at atgnpodcast or Facebook at facebook.com/slash all things good nerdy. 
if you have any questions, comments, feedback, or you just want to leave us some comments on something we may have said in the show, there's always the chat room during the show, or hit us up via one of those social media methods, or there's always the ATGN hotline at 304-806-ATGN, and if you don't want to remember the numbers, just go to our homepage, click on the Call Me button, and Google Voice will set up a call that goes directly to our voicemail. We'll put it on the air, we'll talk about it on the next show. Um, also, don't forget, All Things Good and Nerdy is part of the Gonna Geek Network over at GunnaGeek.com. You can find us and a whole bunch of other awesome shows on there, like the Legend Stream, the official Gonna Geek podcast, all sorts of awesome stuff. Go check it out. Check out some of these great shows. Also, check out the Comic Issues podcast that we just talked about. Move. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us this week. I think that's going to wrap us up, unless anyone has any closing thoughts. Dick butts. Dick butts, indeed. All right, guys. That's going to wrap up episode 64 of All Things Good and Nerdy. We will see you all next week. Have a good week, guys, and bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this brand new episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. If you want to know the up-to-the-minute happenings of the show, feel free to follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. The show can be found on Twitter at Podcast or on Facebook.com slash AllThingsGoodAndNerdy. If you have any comments or feedback, you can leave them either on Facebook or on Twitter, or you can hit us up at our voicemail number. Just call 304-806-ATGN, and we'll get your message, and we'll try and put it on the next show. Don't forget, the show streams live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We post the link on Twitter and on Facebook, so you can watch us and chat with us while we discuss the happenings of the week. If you can't catch the show live on YouTube, feel free to check us out on the audio version find us on iTunes or on Stitcher Radio. Just search for All Things Good and Nerdy and download the show. But if you don't want to use any of those services, just go to atgnpodcast.com and you can download the podcast directly from our website. That wraps up another episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.